0: All right, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Great to see you. Thanks for making River Glen part of your weekend. I know we have many guests with us, and we're just thrilled uh, to have you here with us. Thanks so much for uh, making time and uh, showing up. If you're new, uh, I want to invite you to fill out a Connect card and chair back in front of you. It's green. And, and uh, if you have any prayer requests or comments or what would like more information, you can just fill that out, put that in the offering uh, later on. That will help us serve you. A little bit better. And if you're new, I'd love to have you come back next weekend and join us for a class. It's called Welcome to River Glen. And if you'd like to find out more about River Glen, I teach this class, love teaching it, and we'll tell you all about uh, River Glen. We include free lunch, free childcare. It's like a free date, you know, you can't beat that, right? And so anybody's welcome. Just uh, check the box on your uh, Connect card. You can put that in the uh, offering bag uh, later on. Those of you that don't know me, my name's Ben. And I get to be one of the uh, pastors uh, here. If you know me, uh, if you know me really well, you know I'm not really good at fixing things. i um, not much of a, a handyman at all. Um, who am I kidding? I can't fix anything. Um, uh, and I don't know why. Uh, my dad was, was an amazing uh, handyman. He could fix anything. My brothers are fix-it guys. I just didn't get those handyman genes, I guess. I'm one of those guys, for example, when I get the toolbox out at home, my wife gets nervous that I'm going to break something, kids run to their rooms, the cat hides under the the, the couch, because when I try to fix something, most of the time, I make it worse, and so I got a lot of stuff undone, a lot of stuff that needs repair. For example, uh, most people that get the uh, newspaper delivered to their home have one of these, one of these boxes, you attach it to your mailbox, uh, post and uh, even though you know we subscribed to the paper and 10 years ago they gave us uh, one of these, uh, I, never, I never installed it, I never attached it, and uh, I don't know why I, I just never got around uh, to it until recently. In fact, this last week something got in me and I went ahead and attached it. Guess how long it took me? Five minutes. Yeah, I put it off for 10 years and it took five minutes, and it turns out it's pretty convenient getting the paper delivered in one of these. For 10 years, they've been throwing it on our driveway, right? It gets buried in the snow, the wind blows it down the road, the rain uh, soaks it, and uh, now I get a nice dry newspaper. Uh, uh, be honest, show of hands, how many of you have some simple little task, maybe around your house, something that needs installing or repairing or, or, or something that's just undone, and uh, you just haven't gotten around to it? Yeah, pretty much all of us have, have stuff that's gone undone and neglected. And so often I put off doing anything about these things because I've tolerated them for so long. I don't know how much better it would be to just take care of them and fix them. Maybe, and, and, and it's one thing, you know, it's not really that big of a deal when it's a newspaper box, or maybe it's a cabinet door or a noisy ceiling fan. But what if it's a relationship? Yeah, have you ever felt that way about a relationship in your life? Maybe it's with a spouse or a significant other. You both had hopes and dreams of what your relationship would be like, but over months and years and maybe due to neglect or conflict or just the challenges of life, the relationship is nothing like you dreamed it would be. It feels broken and it has for a long time. Maybe it's a former maybe it's a friend or what seems now like a former friend. There was a time, uh, you used to be like a brother and a, uh, brothers or, or, or sister, you were, you were close, but uh, something happened, maybe, maybe due to a disagreement or distance and the relationship is headed south and deep down you miss it, but the relationship just sits around. Neglected. It might be a relationship with a parent or child, and time has just chipped away at a bond that you thought would never break. The times you spent together in the past would go by so quickly, you couldn't wait to get together again. But something has changed. Something seems off. The relationship needs work, but nobody takes any action. We all have relationships that aren't what they used to be or what we dreamed they would be. And in some cases, the relationship may seem broken beyond saving. But what if the relationship could be rescued? I got a question for you. What relationship in your life right now is in need of rescue? Well, today we're beginning this series. new series is called Love uh, Can. And we're talking about love, but not just an emotion or a feeling. We're talking about a love that's greater than any other love we could ever know. We're talking about God's love. One of Jesus' closest friends and and closest followers wrote these words, that God is is love, and that may be the simplest but most profound statement in the entire Bible. God not only shows and offers us his love through Jesus, God's very nature is love, and his love can transform our lives, and so during this series, we're going to take a look at some passages in the Bible about love, and we're going to discover that God's love is a game changer in every aspect of our lives starting with our relationships, even relationships that are messed up and maybe in a a state of disrepair or have been neglected for months or years. God's love can restore and repair. God's love can rescue any relationship because God's love shows up when our love falls short. God's love remains when our love fails. And, And so today I want to take a look at really one of the most famous scriptures in, in the uh, Bible, it's written by a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul to a church in Corinth. And it's one of the most popular selections to have read at a wedding. It goes like this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Quick show of hands, how many of you have heard that scripture read before? Oh yeah, quite a few of you. How many of you had that read at your wedding? You know, some of you guys aren't sure, I would suggest just raise your hand, okay? Better to think you did and you didn't than you did and forgot. This chapter in 1 Corinthians is called the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and if there's a secret to love and repairing relationships, it's in here. And so let's look at this more closely. First of all, it says love is patient, and I want you to think about how big of a deal patience is. I mean, this can make all the difference, could make all the difference for me if I was just more patient with my wife and my kids and my coworkers. But here's the problem. I'm one of the most impatient people on the planet. Anybody else like that? I'm the kind of person, I mean, I go to the grocery store, get some items in my cart, and when I head to the uh, checkout, I mean, I scope out the lay of the land. All right, I'm sizing everything up because I want to get in the fastest line, All right. And so I'm not only looking at how many items that people have in the carts in in front of me, I'm looking at the cashiers. You know, who's fast, who's slow, you know, is he speedy, is he making small talk, because I need to get out of there, all right? And uh, how many of you do this? I get in line, and I keep track of other people in other lines who got in line about the same time I did. And if I start getting ahead of them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, my line's moving, look at that. And if you, you know, if I look over at you and you get ahead of me, I'm like, oh, No. And if you leave the grocery store before I do, I feel like a total failure. I can't believe this happened. I, I, should not have, I should have gotten another line. But if I leave before you leave, even though you don't know anything's going on, I'm like, yeah, look at me. You know, I win. You know, I'm out of here. I'm an impatient person. That's impatience. But not just at the grocery store. I'm impatient at home. Uh, uh, my, my wife's a much, much better, m- much more patient person uh, than I am. Uh, she likes to work on puzzles. Yeah, uh, right now she's working on this big, I think it's a 10,000-piece puzzle, and our dining room's covered with uh, puzzle pieces and a half-finished uh, puzzle. Anybody here, any of you like to work on puzzles? Anybody? Yeah, oh, boy, okay. Yeah, we need to pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> she, 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 she keeps trying to get me to help her. And uh, finally one day last week I said, okay, and I gave it five minutes. <laughs> Longest five minutes of my life. I didn't, I didn't find one piece. And I know this is a strong word. I hate puzzles, okay. I think in hell, you know, we're going to be working on puzzles, you know. That's why I'm not going there. And I'm thankful that Jesus has saved me. I'm I'm an impatient person. But here's the thing, okay. When God says that love is patient, I don't think he means puzzles or the grocery store or the traffic jam. Here's what I think he's getting at. I think it's really more about this. Am I willing to make room in my heart for the faults of other people? Patience is not so much about slowing down, okay? It's more about making room, creating space in my heart for the faults and the mistakes and the shortcomings of other people. Take a look at this verse where Paul says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. And so this week we've got a choice. You know, when our kids, you know, don't do what we think our kids should do. I don't don't know, maybe they don't show enough appreciation. They don't thank you for all the effort you put into dinner. Or maybe your husband doesn't do the laundry like he was supposed to do the laundry. When real life starts happening this week, how, how, how are you gonna deal with these kind of situations? This week, we've got the opportunity to allow God's love to flow through us and extend patience to other people to make room, more room in our hearts for the faults of others. Here's a practical idea. This helps me. Maybe this would help you. At the start of the day, I mean, before you face these situations, say a simple prayer and acknowledge, God, you've made allowances for me. God, you've made made allowances for so many of my faults. I mean, aren't you glad God has made allowances uh, for us? And just acknowledging God's patience with you, it it puts you, it puts me in a frame of mind where we're much more willing to make allowances for the faults of of others. Now, now some of you, you, you know, you've got some difficult relationships. You're like, you know, I don't know, maybe I brought the wrong kid home from the hospital years ago. You know, I got a difficult child or maybe it's a difficult marriage or maybe it's a difficult boss and it's hard, it's difficult. But listen, any relationship you're in is going to be difficult because every relationship is with a person. And according to the Bible, every person is selfish and sinful. And so this week, you can make this choice and say, God, grow my patience. God, I'm going to make more room in my heart for the faults Of other people because God you've made room in your heart for mine that's one of the ways that God's love shows up when our love falls short and that's one of the ways that God's love can rescue our relationships here's another way Paul says love is kind God not only grows our patience God's love releases our kindness I love to hear stories about kindness don't you I love these, you know, stories about random acts of kindness. I came across one about a sign. Uh, I saw this online. Uh, a sign somebody put up in Central Park in New York City. It says, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, to the kind person who found my wallet last week and turned it into the police." I like this. Go, humans! <laughs> Don't you love stories about kindness like that? Here's another one. Maybe you saw this on the news a couple of weeks ago. This waitress in Utah received this huge tip from a large group of people. They came into the restaurant right before it closed, big group of people, ordered a bunch of food, but then they left her a $3,000 tip, and they wrote the phrase, tips for Jesus, and it brought the waitress to tears and just blew her away. She's got two jobs, trying to make ends meet, and this act of kindness and generosity made a huge difference in her life. I love stories of, of, about, about kindness, but you know what? Sometimes it's easier to do an act of kindness for a stranger than it is to do consistent acts of kindness in our, in our homes. I mean, God wants us to do random acts of kindness, but God also wants us to do not so random acts of kindness. God wants us to do consistent acts of kindness for people that we're closest to because that's what God's love has done for us. Check out this verse. It says, God shows us his love while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And notice this. While we were still sinners. I mean, while we didn't, we were, we're still working things out. We're still figuring things out. We're still ironing things out. We're still, while we're still struggling with sin, God went first and showed kindness to us. And that's huge because, because God going first empowers us to show kindness uh, and go first in our relationships. I mean, a lot of times when it comes to kindness, we're kind of waiting around, aren't we? You know, we're waiting on somebody else to do it, waiting on somebody else to go first, and we hold back. I do that sometimes at home. In our home, uh, we've got a cat, and uh, I don't know why (laughs) we do. And most days, I end up feeding the cat, and cleaning the cat box in the basement. And I don't mind doing that. I, I really don't. But you know what? There's some days where I'm like, you know, I wish somebody else would do it today. And sometimes I feel sorry for myself because nobody, nobody appreciates uh, me taking care of the cat. Certainly the cat doesn't. Um, and, uh, and then I'll see somebody else, you know, doing the dishes, which actually is a lot more work than feeding the cat. And I'll think about helping. But I think to myself, you know, I'd help with the dishes, but nobody helped me with the cat. Or, you know, I'd help with the laundry, but, you know, nobody picked up their clothes. Or I'd help with that spill, but, you know, nobody, nobody took out the trash like they were supposed to. And we hold back from extending kindness. You know, it's, it's like we got this scorecard, this invisible scorecard in our homes. I did this, and I did this, and I, and I did this. We, we, we keep score. But the truth is, when I keep score, even when I win, the relationship loses, Kindness is love in action. Kindness doesn't keep score. Kindness goes first and goes beyond. And and, and whether or not anybody helps me with the trash or the cat, it doesn't matter. Kindness goes first. And so this week we've got an opportunity to remember that because God went first, I can go first. And show kindness uh, to others. And then in a few weeks, we've got an excellent opportunity as a church to show God's kindness to other people outside of our our church. Now, we've never done this before, so I I want you to listen up. On the weekend of October 3rd and 4th, River Glen Church is going to do an act of kindness to show God's love uh, for our community. On October 3rd and 4th, we're planning uh, to give away our entire offering that weekend yeah, that's right. Everything that comes in that weekend, it's in three weeks. Everything that comes in, uh, we're giving it away as an act of love and kindness. We're calling it our big offering giveaway. And we're giving, we're giving it away to three missions, okay? And I want to tell you about the first one. The first mission is a new local initiative that we're calling Love Waukesha. Because, you know, there's a lot of needs in Waukesha. There's, there's people struggling in Waukesha. There's a poverty uh, problem. And, and the first project that, that we're planning to do is to build a house in Waukesha. And we've already picked out the the location, we've got the address. We're partnering with an organization called Habitat for Humanity. And uh, for for $25,000, we can sponsor a new home for a low-income family in Waukesha. Take a look. Habitat for Humanity of Waukesha County was established in 1989.
1: And since that time, they've built over 20 homes for those that need it most. Habitat for Humanity is a nonprofit organization. It's kind of a grassroots uh, group of people that come together and help one family at a time just improve their living situation. And They can see the process it takes to build a house, and they can see the effort that volunteers are putting in their home. It also will make them want to volunteer to help other people. We feel like it's our house, you know, when you work in the house, it feels like it's because it's yours, so you have to work uh, in the house too. When I see somebody moving into their own home for the first time, I know their life is going to change, and it, it's going to change for the better. That's a big day for us. And apartments, you know, we always like say quiet to the kids, and uh, you know, they don't have en- enough space. The girls by himself, and the boy, he has his own room too. That's uh, that's wonderful too. Home ownership breaks the cycle of poverty as the next generation will want a home of their own as well. When somebody owns a home, they're throwing down roots. They belong to that community. Their kids have a school that is their school and a home that's their home and a bedroom that's their bedroom. They have a neighborhood where they can play with the neighbors and nobody's moving, nobody's changing because they own their own home. It brings me almost to tears to see the happiness in the the children and the families, how their, their minds must be working. It's a wonderful feeling. Thank you, thank you so much for this and for doing this for families who needs it. There's a lot out there, families, I know they wish for a house, but I I know they have hope and they will get, get it someday. With Habitat for Humanity, people come together and just give selflessly. And when you see the end result is that somebody owns their own home, there's just nothing better than that.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to do this. Now, I know maybe it's surprising to you to hear that we're going to give away our whole offering, everything that comes in October 3rd and 4th, but I want you to know, our, our leadership, our eldership, our staff, we started praying about this a year ago. We started talking about this a year ago, and we just sense God leading us uh, to, to, to do this, to not just talk about God's love, but to demonstrate God's love by showing some radical kindness and generosity to help people. And trusting God to sustain our church on 51 offerings this next uh, year. And so we've got three missions that uh, we've got picked out that we're going to support that weekend. That's the first one. We're going to tell you about the other two in in coming weeks. But, you know, that's the first mission, Habitat for Humanity, a new house in Waukesha for uh, $25,000. And here's something else really cool about it. We're going to send money, and we're going to send volunteers. We're going to help build this thing. And uh, we're going to partner uh, with Habitat, and uh, I think we can do it. I'm excited about this. Marnie and I, we, we're, we're looking forward to uh, giving our biggest offering of the year that year, uh, that weekend, and I uh, hope you will too. And the reason we're doing this is uh, ab- about God's love. We want God's love and kindness to flow through us as a church to rescue more people and more relationships. Paul says, love is patient and love is kind. And then 1 Corinthians 13 goes on and says, love doesn't boast. It's not proud. Look at this. It's not self-seeking. In other words, God's love encourages humility. God's love helps us realize it's not about us and that stretches us. Because I think all of us within have this desire to be liked, to get people interested in us, to get people to love us, and so we, we, we try to get people to like us, and one of the ways that we tend to do that is we spend our energy talking about ourselves, to try to get people interested in us. Some people paint this awesome picture of themselves because they want other people to like them, and it actually can come across as arrogant. And push people away. And really a better way to get people interested in you is for you to show interest in them. To care more about their interest than your own. And they'll remember how good you made them feel in that moment because you made it about them rather than trying to get them interested in you. And that's humility showing itself in that moment. In fact, take a look at this scripture. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Humility says, I'm gonna get interested in you. I'm gonna be interested in what you're about. And sometimes we do this really well at work because we're supposed to. We're hired to do that. But then sometimes uh, when it comes to the people we're closest to, not so much. You know, I can, I can be that way. Um, I, can, I can show a lot of interest in people I'm ministering to, and then I go home and, you know, it's more about my uh, interest. And so when was the last time you sat down with a loved one, with a friend, with a roommate and just said, what's going on in your life? How are you feeling about your work? How do you feel about your, your, your family? And listen and show interest. Ask questions and show your interest in others because relationships that are marked by God's love are characterized by humility. Beautiful relationships exist between two people who humble themselves toward each other and try to outserve one another. That indicates God's love flowing back and forth in the relationship because God's love is not self-seeking. And then Paul says, love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And I want you to notice this word record. In the original language, it's actually an accounting term. Merchants would use this term uh, to describe how they would make an entry in a ledger to remember what a customer paid And what they owed, they would would count that debt against a person and they would write it down. But God's love doesn't write down and record our debts and our sins. And so if we love each other, we've got to stop the record keeping. You know, he was kind to me, you know, this morning, plus one. Or he wasn't kind to me this morning, negative one. Or she didn't text me or call me today, negative one, or whatever it is. Love doesn't keep a record. Take a look at this great verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Look at this. No longer counting people's sins against them. That, That word counting, it's the same word that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13 when he says love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, God forgives us through Jesus, and out of that forgiveness... We extend forgiveness to others. And I know this may be the hardest part of relationships. This may be the hardest aspect of love. But every relationship that stands the test of time is marked by forgiveness because every person has faults and makes mistakes and sins and needs forgiveness. I heard somebody say one time that we don't forgive to forget. The reason we forgive is because we can't forget. And that's true. Sometimes you can't forget the hurt because the hurt runs so deep. And so you need to act like forgiveness acts, even though you don't feel the way forgiveness feels. And what happens is eventually, as you keep acting the way forgiveness acts, you'll begin to feel the way forgiveness feels. And you experience the freedom of letting go and letting God Take care of it. God's love empowers us to forgive even deep hurts. Paul says, Love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it's not proud, doesn't dishonor others, it's not self seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And so, what relationship in your life today is in need of rescue? And don't you think that relationship would be so much better if that person just showed you a little more patience? And wouldn't it be nice if once in a while they extended some kindness your way? And wouldn't it be great if they showed a little more interest in in your life and they extended more grace to you when you messed things up? Can we just admit those are the kind of thoughts that tend to run through our heads when we hear a talk like this? We think our broken relationships would be so much better if the other person changed. Or maybe you're thinking right now about all the people That you wish would hear a message like this. Or maybe it's taken all your self-control to not elbow the person next to you. Or maybe you're wondering, am I supposed to just try harder? Is that what this is about? Just just try harder to be patient and kind and not self-seeking and not keep a record of wrongs. And if I do that, everything will be good again. Well, it might improve. But trying harder doesn't tend to last very long, does it? Pretty soon we're back on the couch letting broken things stay neglected. And so, if it's not about trying harder, what is it that rescues our relationship? Well, here it is. In one of my favorite passages of scripture, also written by Paul to a church in Philippi, Paul says In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's a beautiful picture of the love and the relationship that God offers each one of us through Jesus. Jesus is God. He lived a perfect life, but he decided to make our needs more important our interest more important than his. And so his humility led him to a cross where he paid the ultimate price. He became obedient to death, taking the the punishment upon himself for our sins. I mean, who's ever loved you like that? Who's ever gone that far and given everything for you? This is an astounding love, an amazing love An overwhelming love, but here's something important. When we talk about God's love rescuing our relationships, we need to understand this. First, God's love must rescue you and me. So many times we want God to rescue our relationships by changing the other person. We want God to rescue our relationships by changing circumstances, but God wants to rescue our relationships by changing us. I mean, when a person is loved really well, Doesn't it change that person? A person who is loved feels secure and valued and safe. A person who is loved doesn't fear or worry or manipulate. Friends, I want you to know you're really loved very well. The God of the universe has such a deep and compelling love for you that when you begin to understand it, it'll take your breath away. And this love can transform your heart. You see, God is patient. He created margin in his heart for our faults even before we recognize them. And God is kind. He took the first steps in loving us. Even when we weren't willing to lift a finger and take the trash out of our lives, Christ died for us. And God is humble and not self-seeking. He put our interests before his own and chose to submit himself to the cross. And God is forgiving. He doesn't count our shortcomings against us when we confess to Him. He, he, he doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. That kind of love changes you and me. And as it does, it rescues our relationship. Because of God's love for us, we can make room in our hearts for the faults of others. And because of God's love, we can choose to go first and show kindness. To others, And because of God's love, rather than trying to align people with our interests, we can elevate the interests of others. And because of God's love, we can stop counting the sins people commit against us because God doesn't count ours. God's love rescues our relationships. And so what relationship in your life right now is in need of rescue? I really believe God wants to rescue it. But again, it's not about God changing the other person or about God changing circumstances. It's about God's love changing you. It's about God's love changing me. And today can be the day that we open ourselves up to God's love. Today can be the day that you embrace the love of God through Jesus. Today can be the day that God's love begins changing you and me. If you'd like to talk to somebody about that before you leave today, stop at the info or info center or the resource center. We've got some people here that would love to talk with you, pray with you, help you take your next step. Right now, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into a time of, of communion. And if you're new, if communion's all new to you and you want to take a pass on it, that's fine. But I want you to know our communion's open. Jesus wants it open to uh, anyone who's open to God's love through Jesus and as the trays come by just take a double cup and when you're ready you can eat the bread that represents his body drink the juice that represents his blood and as you do will you open your heart a little more to God's love because this love can create margin in your heart toward the faults of others and this love can empower you to show kindness even to people who are not kind And this love can help you let go of self-interest and put the interest of others first. And this love can strengthen you to offer forgiveness to others and let it go. This love can rescue you and your relationships. Will you open yourself up to God's love? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your amazing love, your astounding love. God, through this series, Love Can, help us to better understand your love and discover how your love can change every aspect of our lives, starting with our relationships. And God, right now we pause and we think about the greatest demonstration of your love, how you sent Jesus as a perfect sacrifice, your son, to die on the cross for for our sin, The, the greatest proof of your love for each one of us. God, we thank you. And God, may we open our hearts more up to your love, to rescue us and our relationships. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.